man, what a sports weekend we had. Some great college basketball. Some great NFL football. That's the best divisional round of the NFL playoffs we've ever seen. Um, there's maybe The first two games were kind of however you see it. San Francisco Green Bay was very defensive. Um, shocking result in that one. Not totally shocking, but actually that is totally shocking to me. I will put my point on that when we get to it. I want to start off. This is a very Homer episode. You guys know what that means is a Homer. They're always going to say their teams win. They're always going to say their favorite team's going to. I'm going to talk about Kansas State. I'm going to talk about the NFL playoffs. Wednesday, we're going to get a little bit NBA talk in there, some NFL playoff talk. Friday, because this weekend is the Royal Rumble for WWE. That is one of my favorite pay per views of all time, or they call them premium live events now. I think that's smart because it's more so streaming. They're not really pay-per-views anymore. You're not going to the pay-per-view channels on your cable anymore. You're not buying them. Um, you're not even doing that with UFC anymore. So, um, well, some are, but it's mainly ESPN+. Plus. Starting off with Kansas State. Not a popular sport, but still pretty fun to watch at times. Women's basketball. Kansas State faced off against o- number 14 OU last, OU last night. Again, this is women's basketball. And Ioka Lee, a guard. I hope I said that right. Ioka Lee. Um, a guard for Kansas State. I believe she's a junior. If not, I did not my do, do my due diligence properly. I apologize about that one. But she did set an NCAA Division I women's basketball record by scoring 61 points. Yes, you heard it. 61 points. Nearly outscored OU's 65 points. Final score, 94-65. to 65. That's what Kansas State does. They break records. Or they get soft in the second half. It was a Sunflower Showdown on Saturday. Um, I actually caught, a, caught some flack from my buddy. Um, he said, you know the NFL playoffs are going on right now, right? I was like, well, you know what? I had Cincinnati versus Tennessee on one TV. I had Kansas State versus KU and the Octagon of Doom and the Little Apple and Manhattan, Kansas on the other. And I was mainly watching that. I kind of had the volume turned down on the other TV. And had the volume up for the Sunflower Showdown. Kansas is a Sunflower State. Um, before that game, though, Thursday evening, unfortunately, Bill Self Sr. did pass away. Um, my thoughts and condolences out to Bill Self Jr. and them, but there was an interesting quote. And I, I feel like I kind of undersold that. I'm sorry, but there's a quote there that followed up. Bill Self said, um, my dad wasn't a fan of Kansas State at all, and I'm not either. In fact, he disliked Kansas State more than I do. This game is pretty big. And I was actually pretty nervous watching this game. I was like, oh no. Because a little bit of history, there's been a um, 306 meetings between KU and Kansas State basketball. Kansas State doesn't have 100 wins. KU has over 200. KU leads the series 202-94 after Saturday's meeting. And you know what? KU's big brother. I'm fine with that. I have so much respect for that college, that history. Yeah, I don't like KU, but I respect him. I respect Bill Self. Being from Kansas, I like to say that my two Bills, Bill Schneider in Kansas State, Bill Self at KU. I wish Kansas State would at least have one national championship with Bill Schneider. Almost got there a couple times Um, in the early Bill Schneider days. And Bill Self's got himself one. I think Kansas looks pretty good when it comes to that Hall of Fame. 
uh, College Sports Hall of Fame, or the College Football Hall of Fame and the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Both are inducted. I think Bill Snyder was inducted in 2015. Bill Self was inducted in 2017. Um, but back to the game from Saturday. I'm going to say this, and to all my Spider-Man No Way Home fans, and life in general, um, expect disappointment and you won't get disappointed. I will say this, I'm going to point out some key highlights. Nigel Pack, eight three-pointers, 35 points altogether. feel like a coming-out party for the sophomore point guard. How about Marquise Noel? 16 points, three key steals, continues to lead the Big 12 in steals with two and a half per game. Mark Smith, and this is kind of an inskeep turnover moment. Mark Smith is second in the Big 12 in rebounds, 8.1 per game. However, Friday, I said Kansas State led the Big 12 in rebounds, which essentially they did to an extent, but not altogether. However, Mark Smith did lead the league in Big 12, lead the league in rebounds in the Big 12 at the time. So that was my fault. I apologize. Um, In the first half, Kansas State, the rebounds were on point. The steals were all over the place. KU was just discombobulated, and sometimes that happens. Sometimes KU has an off game. Sometimes. Or they have an off year. Hardly ever, though, with Bill Self at the helm. And this was one of those games where, you know what? Kansas State's leading big at the half. It was 50-34. to 34. Okay. I knew that score wasn't going to stay the same. I knew KU was going to get more aggressive and just capitalize on opportunities a lot more because they weren't capitalizing on opportunities. Kansas State did make a couple mistakes in that first half. However... What I've noticed with some of my favorite teams over the years is when they get a big lead, they kind of go soft. The Chiefs, we haven't seen that lately, and I'll get to their game last. But they kind of get soft in the second half or in the last few innings of the game. I'm referring to the Royals. They get soft. They make bad coaching decisions. They make bad substitutions. It happens. Now, I am not one to call for somebody to be fired for Bruce Weber, but he's gotten some new players in, some fresh faces in, especially Marquise Noel and Mark Smith transfers. I feel like depending on how this year goes, I'd like to give him another shot. Again, I'm not going to be the one to call for somebody else's job. But at one point I was saying that. I'm going to leave it off on that. KU deserved that win. They did end up winning 78-75. Kansas State took its foot off the pedal. They couldn't get a rebound. They couldn't get a steal. They couldn't do anything. They were taking some unnecessary shots. They were also too small. You know how I say, small ball in football, baseball, basketball, it works. But there's a line where you do it too much. You can't hand the ball off every play. You can't run a screen every play. Some games you can get away with that. But not all the time. Some days in baseball you can get away with just trying to lay down a bunt. Or just go for the little single. Just go for a little boop. A little blooper, I should say. In the outfield. But what are you going to do? Kansas State football gets another transfer. Linebacker from Nebraska, senior, another one from Nebraska, by the way, Will Honus, one of the top recruits actually on Bill Snyder's recruit board back in recruiting board back in 2017. I feel like he's a great addition for this already solid defense, and all I gotta ask is it September yet? I'm just kidding. The offseason goes by faster than we know it. But hey, we got a WrestleMania to cover. We got some opening day baseball to cover. Looks like MLB and the MLB uh, MLB owners and the MLBPA are going to be meeting for the second day in a row tomorrow. That's a good sign. We got the NBA Finals. We got WrestleMania. We got the Stanley Cup in the offseason. The offseason goes by so fast, guys. It's just that first week, that first month. 
just goes by so slow. All right, my reaction to the divisional round up next. So Cincinnati versus Tennessee, what did you guys think going into the game? What did you think going into this year with the Bengals, at least? Let's look at the Bengals first. Bad offensive line. I actually thought on draft night they should have taken Panay Sewell from Notre Dame. But Jamar Chase, that's kind of worked out, to say the least. I think going into this game, I thought it was going to be total offense all around, no defense. Cincinnati was kind of beat up on the D-line. And I just didn't know how it was going to go. And we never do. We never know how it's going to go. Especially the next game I'll talk about. But a final score of 19-16 to 16 was not something I expected. And if you look at Tennessee's stats, they had two turnovers in the game. Sorry, one turnover. My fault. Forced one turnover. It was a fumble. I think Joe Mixon fumbled which led to a Tennessee touchdown to tie the game at 16-16. Tennessee had one, no, not one, two, three, four, not four, five, six, seven, nine sacks on the day. Joe Burrow was under pressure, to say the least. Just a lot of pressure. And I'm not talking about divisional round pressure. I'm talking about pass rush pressure. Pass rusher. Passer. Sorry. And he still passes for almost 350 yards. Joe is that guy. I did that totally wrong. I'm sorry. But Joe Burrow is that dude. Josh Allen is that dude. I'll get into that game in a minute. I'm re-watching it on NFL Network. That game was so great. If Chiefs lost, I might not be playing. I might not be... Doing this today, I might be a little sad. No, I wouldn't be that sad. Um, I'd be a little down, but I wouldn't be in the dark. Whatever you have to call it. Um, if they would have lost in the wild card round, the Steelers might not have heard from might not have heard from me for a couple weeks. That would have been pretty tough to show my face, or talk, or eat, or I can't think of anything else. I'm kidding, obviously. But I had it in the back of my mind that Derrick Henry would maybe just go off because he was off for a month. Okay, he was out with an injury for a month. I shouldn't say off. They sat him the last week, which was probably smart. Almost looked like I could have used him against Houston in Week 18. Didn't matter. Um, I want to say... Derrick Henry looked very rusty. He had a couple big plays, but he looked very rusty. It's kind of hard to watch. But the D-line, Tennessee, I said their front seven was okay. It wasn't that bad. It was their secondary that I thought would get chewed up, and they did. Um, Yards-wise, points-wise, no, not necessarily. They held their own. They played the bin but don't break. 
That's what happens when you get nine sacks. That's what happens when you face a makeshift O-line. Or a bad O-line. Not even makeshift, it's a bad O-line. Um, it's just very crazy to think about how this game went. I knew the Bengals would win. I didn't think the Titans would do anything. I didn't trust Ryan Tannehill. Something that's never happened. He made history. Not good history. I'm sorry, Titans fans. I'm sorry, Texas A&M fans. Maybe the Dolphins fan out there that miss him. Started off the game. First play of the game for the Titans. Ryan Tannehill. Interception. Last play for Ryan Tannehill. Interception. First interception was mostly his fault. Second interception was not. It was pretty crazy. He threw it into a crowd. I guess throwing it into a crowd is his fault, but at the same time, it's really not. It's just since he made a play and Tennessee didn't. That's what it came down to. It's a game of inches. Who's going to make the play that needs to be made? And San Francisco versus Green Bay. What did we think about Green Bay? Offense was great. I'm not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the vaccine or anything like that. I'm not here to make jokes. This is not what that show's about. Um, although some of the jokes are pretty funny. Um, San Francisco versus Green Bay. This game, going into it, and this could have been an ends keeps turnover thing, but I didn't want to say it because something in the back of my mind told me not to. Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. Jimmy Garoppolo, when things are going great, he can look great. Um, the running game, Debo Samuel, Eric Mitchell. So, yeah, maybe I was overlooking the 49ers. And if it's Chiefs versus 49ers Super Bowl, that thought in the back of my mind might kill me. Or, I shouldn't say kill me, come back to bite me in the rear end. Um, this game was totally defensive. Packers got Kenny, Kenny Clark back, Jerry Alexander back, Zadaria Smith back. It was defensive. They were all over San Francisco. They put up three points on offense, six points on offense. No touchdowns, two field goals. Okay. The Packers offense was discombobulated. Aaron Rodgers. He was just thrown to Adams the whole time. He wouldn't there was some place he threw and here's what I like about the Chiefs, by the way. I know I'm getting off topic. Here's what I like about the Chiefs. And I'm you're gonna realize why I brought this up. Whenever somebody makes a mistake, McCole Hardman, Byron Pringle, Clyde Edwards Lair, Andy Reid doesn't want to bench him. He wants to get their confidence back because they might need him in the game. He gets the next play. McCall Hardman drops a pass and it's an interception. Next series, first place to McCall Hardman every time. Last year during the AFC Championship, when he fumbled that ball at the goal line, Buffalo went up 9-0. What happened? In the, next, in the next possession, they gave the ball to McCall Hardman twice. And he scored the touchdown on that, on that next drive. I love how Andy Reid does that and the Chiefs do that. Now with Green Bay, it might be an Aaron Rodgers thing. Some people don't like this about him, and I understand. I understand that. When Mercedes Lewis, the ball is thrown to him. Now, when Mercedes Lewis isn't McCall Hardman. He's not a staple of that offense. So there might have been a game-planning thing. It might, I don't know. But Mercedes Lewis fumbled the ball, and San Francisco got it back. I don't, believe they, they don't, they don't think they got points off of that drive, but Mercedes Lewis was nowhere to be found the rest of that game. Again, it might have been a scheme thing. It might have been a petty Aaron Rodgers thing. I don't know. Okay. I'm not on that sideline. I can break down the game as much as possible. Sometimes I just don't know. We don't know what's said in the sideline on the locker room and and in the locker room. Okay, I talked about the offense being discombobulated. I talked about how great the defense was. 
The Packers special teams this year so many times was just out of sorts. More discombobulated than the offense was this game and the game against Kansas City. Granted, Jordan Love was playing, but still, it just looked bad. And both these games were on Matt LaFleur. He's been a great coach. The difference between Mike McCarthy and Matt LaFleur is Mike McCarthy tried to coach Aaron Rodgers. Matt LaFleur let Aaron Rodgers do his thing. For the most part, it's worked out. And he coached all over 50, all other 52 guys. But this game, he needed to coach Aaron Rodgers too, and he didn't. And that and special teams killed it. Blocked field goal at the end of the half. That's three points. Blocked punt at the end of the game. San Francisco scores for a touchdown. That ball was in the air for about an hour, it feels like. If you know, if you watch the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And now Aaron Rodgers is gone. We don't know if he's retiring. I doubt he's retiring. We don't know if he's coming back to Green Bay. I think there's a higher chance than we might think, but we'll see. He says his relationship with the GM right now is better than it ever has been. It has improved significantly. However, we'll see. I think it comes down to three teams. I think Packers are one of them. Maybe four. I'd say it's a dark horse team. We'll see. But with the head coach gone, that narrows it down a little bit. But with the head coach gone, that's a major... Makes it a major dark horse. Like, may, like I'd be surprised, but at the same time, I kind of wouldn't. It, I'll throw you a percentage. I'd be 99%... I'd be like 90% surprised. 10% not surprised. But I'm going to save the Aaron Rodgers talk for the beginning of March, for the free agency, okay? You want to save some of these talks for that. Next up, L.A. versus Tampa Bay. Don't ever count Tom Brady out. I don't care if he's 24 or 44. Don't count him out. Just don't. You'll regret it. I said this final score would be 24 to 17. Boy, was I wrong. Not totally wrong, but about 10 points off. Tampa Bay was more discombobulated than Green Bay at one point. Tom Brady looked bad throwing the ball at first. O line couldn't hold Aaron Donald. Or Von Miller. They were wrecking him. At one point, Von Miller came up to Brady and he kind of let go, but when, or sorry, he kind of. I shouldn't say let go, but he kind of. Head checked Brady. And it was, it was clearly unintentional. It was not, it's just kind of the way he came up when he kind of grabbed him and let go. And Brady gets in the referee's face and says, he hit me in the mouth. I'm bleeding. Do you see I'm bleeding? And they called unsportsmanlike contact on Brady. Rips off his helmet. Dude looks pissed. And that's when the comeback starts. Final two drives for Tampa Bay offensively. Like a 90-yard bomb to Mike Evans. Touchdown, 27-20. Rams still winning. Next offensive possession. Rams turn the ball over. Bumble. Bumble. And Leonard Fournette rushing touchdown. Ties the game up. 
Here's something you don't hear every day from a Tom Brady-led team or a great defense like Tampa led by Todd Bulls. Which I've got a little take for Chiefs fans and their defensive coordinator after I talk about Buffalo versus Kansas City. Todd Bulls will be a part of that. You'll, you'll see in a second. That last play to Cooper Cup when he just shredded the defense and they're running a cover zero. If you know what that is, go look on Madden. It's a type of zone coverage. Um, Cooper Cup. Possibly MVP. I can see it. Or Jonathan Taylor. My money's still on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm not going to bet on it, but my money's still on Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. It's supposed to be on regular season only, but... I feel like there's some voters that are like, no, look at the postseason. At least for the MVP. <clears throat> LA wins. Last second field goal, four seconds to go. Like the other two field goals, four seconds to go. Since he wins, game winning field goal, four seconds to go. San Francisco wins. You know the rest. Tom Brady. Let's just look at this here. He said this a few years ago about his family. Family concerns may be a factor in retirement decision. Football is extremely important in my life and it means a lot to me. That's one of the first things he said. Next up he says, my wife is my biggest supporter. It pains her to see me get hit out there, and she deserves what she needs from me as a husband, and my kids deserve what they need from me as a dad. Brady, who's 44. Yeah, I feel like he's not coming back, but that's another conversation we'll table for the offseason. If he comes back, I have a feeling he doesn't stick with Tampa Bay. I don't know, I just have a feeling. On to Buffalo and Kansas City. This game was kind of defensive, 14 to 14 heading into the first half. Uh, halftime, sorry. <laughs> no, the game didn't start out 14 to 14. Uh, 14 to 14 heading into half. Harrison Butker missed some kicks. I'll be honest with you guys, I thought it was another Lynn Elliott game. If you don't know who Lynn Elliott is, we'll talk about that later. But go look up the Lynn Elliott game for the Chiefs. Um,. And see, I'm watching NFL Network up to the minute. Tom Brady says there's no rush to make a decision. There we go. Um, second half starts. Honestly, I feel like I don't even need to talk about the, most of this game. I just want to talk about those final two minutes. Hey, if you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. In fact, let's just fast forward to the final two minutes. And this isn't even a Chiefs fan thing. I want to talk about my Chiefs fan feeling right now. Or after after this. Final two minutes. 26-21. Right? Buffalo goes down to score. 29-26. Chiefs get the ball back. Again, it's 29-26. Patrick Mahomes finds Tyreek Hill. Wide open down the middle of the field. Runs up towards the right side. Touchdown, Kansas City. He actually chucked up the deuces. Now, as much as I like that, if the taunting rule is going to be a thing... Be consistent with it. Now, 
the referee, the the refereeing crew, this crew is known to kind of let him play. So I can't remember who the head referee is. Props to him. This was a great game. There was no calls that were like, oh, it shouldn't have been called. I think there was three penalties from, four penalties from Buffalo, two from Kansas City. Uh, how's that? And two from Buffalo were false starts in the, in the Arrowhead crowd. That thing was raucous. The, one of a Buffalo Bills fan was saying how great Kansas City was. He said his ears were still ringing the next morning. So it's kind of like going to a concert or Arrowhead Stadium. Which, speaking of Arrowhead, I'll get into some some of Joe Burrow's comments Wednesday um, about loud stadiums in the SEC and how he feels like they prepared him for Arrowhead. Joe Burrow, I will tell you right now, I don't know if they did prepare you for Arrowhead, but I'll look into decibels too, Wednesday or Friday. Um, anyways, Tyree Schwartz, what does Buffalo do? They go down and score. Gabe Davis, 200 yards, four touchdowns. Right. He was... That was his coming out moment. I think Gabriel Davis is a great player. I think he's a great compliment to Stephon Diggs. Um, Buffalo should not have their heads hanging low. But maybe they should have their heads hanging low just a little bit. But there's no reason they should be mad at their overall performance. Okay? Their defense, sure... Was one of the best in the leagues. Let him down this year when it mattered most. But there's some of those games where... I'll save that. 13 seconds to go, three timeouts. And I'm thinking this game is most likely over. But there's a chance there's 13 seconds left I've seen crazier. And what do you know? First play. Chiefs are about to stop the ball. Buffalo calls a timeout. And then I'm like... I see the way Buffalo's lining up. Go look at what prevent defense is. If you want an actual explanation, a, a short answer, three defensive linemen, the rest of the secondary is pushed back 20 yards deep. Tyree Kill, pass to him, scampers up to the KC40. Next play, Chiefs about to snap the ball. Buffalo calls another timeout. What do they do? Prevent defense again. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are talking about a route. Travis Kelsey saying how he's going to uh, break in instead of running just a little fly route. And Mahomes tells him to run the fly. Do a little in cut, but not too much like you're running an actual in route. And you hear Patrick Mahomes yell, do it, do it. And then his blue, blue hut. Or what is it? Oh, he's Helen Keller, Helen Keller. I can't tell what he's saying at the line sometimes. And I've tried looking up at what some of his calls are and what of his cadence and some of it, what of some of what if his cadences are, but I've never caught it or I can't remember it. Maybe that's another thing where I need to do my due diligence again. I'm, I'm getting into it. Kelsey. Wide open. They're on the Buffalo 30. Harrison Butker. Are you going to be Elon Elliott? Or are you going to be Harrison Buttkicker? He's Harrison Butt, Buttkicker. Three seconds to go, not four seconds to go like the previous three. Game tied. We're heading into overtime. All right, coin flip toss. If Bills get it, I trust the defense to try and do something. But with the way that Josh Allen was playing in those final two minutes, I might have been going to bed a little upset. A little upset, not too upset, a little upset. It's not life or death, and Josh Allen's unstoppable. It's like if you told somebody Josh Allen was better than Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs fans shouldn't be mad. 
if somebody said Patrick Mahomes is better than Josh Allen, Bills fans shouldn't be mad. It's kind of one of those either-or things. It's like Brady and Manning back in the day. I could say it's too early for that, but with the matchups we've had with these two, with the exception of a bad Week 5 game, what are you going to do? Even sometimes Manning blew out Brady, sometimes Brady blew out Manning. It's whatever. Um, anyways, coin flip, and I'll talk about overtime here in a minute. Coin flip. Chiefs get the uh, Bills call tells its heads. Chiefs get the ball. Chiefs go down and score. Game over. The Kansas City Chiefs are hosting their fourth straight AFC Championship game. And I'm telling you guys, if you would have told me this 10 years ago, I would have probably beat you. I would have just beat you down because I would have said, don't ever give me hope like that ever again. <laughs> now, if you would have told me when Andy Reid came to town, I'm like, okay, I could see it at some point. You know, Alex Smith, maybe they drafted another quarterback. I could see a couple AFC Championship bursts, but... I'm still going to kind of doubt you. I wouldn't punch you. I wouldn't hit you. I might like kind of give you a little nudge or a little shove. Like, hey, don't give me hope. But if you would have told me during the Matt Castle days, no offense, Matt Castle, you had a couple good days with us. But all right, I'm going to leave it here, and I'm going to talk about overtime, and then Chiefs fans, we got to have a talk. We got we to have a talk, like a conversation, a talk, whatever you want to call it. There, There's a problem with the... Uh, Narrative on Steve Spagnolo as defensive coordinator right now. Okay, so starting off with two things. First off is I was talking about Todd Bowles and the breakdown on that play from Stafford to Cup. There's a report out, or a, kind of a comment out, that the Rams really didn't know what they were doing on offense. They were just kind of saying, hey, go run. I'll run. Verticals, I'll go. I'll marry. Whatever you want to call it. And the Bucks apparently really didn't know what they were doing either. It's one play. Average C play that ended their season. Virtually. Obviously, there are a lot of other things that went into that besides that one bad play to Cup, but there's a lot of things that went into it. So let's not put that one play on Tampa. They had a great season. They're a great team. There's a lot of questions to be answered going into the offseason with Gronk, uh, Chris Davis. There's a couple others that are going to be free agents. Brady has one year left. Is he going to come back? Or is he not? Um, I'm going to say... Save that for March, like I said. And then there was the squib kick issue with Buffalo and Kansas City. I was saying how there's 13 seconds left. Chiefs got the ball back. But when Buffalo kicked it off, Romo and Nance were saying, the CBS announcers were saying that just kind of squib it a little bit, at least get it to the one-yard line. Worst case scenario, Chiefs kneel it down, and they got to drive the whole field to win the game. Now we saw the plays. They probably would have still gotten down there just at the last second to get a field goal in. But we'll see. I mean, or not we'll see, but we'll never know. Um, yes, obviously they should have kicked it, but with the way that game was going, with the way Arrowhead was rocking, with the way the Chiefs were going, I'll be honest, I don't think there was anything that could have happened. Squib it, what happens? You mess up the kick, somebody gets it at that front line or second line, and instead of being back at the 
15 with 8 seconds to go, you're at the 45, or the, sorry, the 35 with 3 seconds, or with a 12 seconds to go, 11 seconds to go. Okay. Yes, Buffalo should have squibbed it. They had a higher opportunity of winning that game if they did squib kick it. But they didn't. Life goes on. They had chances. There are multiple chances for the Bills to win that game. There are multiple chances for the Chiefs to lose that game. It's all than just one play, one kick. Stop blaming it on that. Stop blaming it on overtime rules. Okay, that's going to lead me into my overtime ruling. Um, right now, it's essentially sudden death. Now, if the Chiefs would have gone down and kicked a field goal, Buffalo would have gotten a chance. Here's what I think it needs to happen. Both teams need an offensive possession unless the game ends in a safety. That's essentially, or throwing a pick six. Um, or fumble return for a touchdown, something. Pump block, pump return, touchdown, whatever. But both teams at least deserve a chance to have the ball. Just one time. Okay. Or a 10-minute quarter, just a full-on quarter, or a full 15-minute quarter. I'd prefer 10 minutes or like 12 minutes just because of... You don't want a week one game and then a week nine game and then you go in the playoffs and you're just burnt out. Because they're, they're humans, they're going to get burnt out. Um, I don't care how insanely athletic they are, how much caffeine they drink, or how much water they drink, how much they hydrate. I don't care, you're going to get burnt out. I don't care how much yoga you do, I don't care how much ice baths you take, how much heating, how many times you go to the joint chiropractic. No, that wasn't a sponsor, but maybe it could be one day. Um... You're going to get burnt out. So maybe not a full quarter. Maybe, like I said, a 10-minute quarter. Um, or college rules. I like the college rules. If you don't know what they are, go ahead and look them up. Um, both teams get two chances from the 25-yard line. Then after that, or uh, one chance from the 25-yard line. Then after that, it's two-point conversion, foot back, foot back, foot back and forth until somebody stops scoring. Uh, somebody stops scoring. Sorry, I said that too fast. Um, that's what I think. Okay, let's not put this game on the coin flip. Okay, yes, I, my, the Chiefs fan in me, I'm happy with this ending. The football fan in me, I wanted to see Josh Allen get one more chance. Okay, so it's just one of those things. It's not the best overtime ruling, but or overtime rule, but it's not the worst either. What I would love to see, I'll save that. I'll save that extra inning idea I have for baseball. Um, no, not the runner at second, but you get my point. Next up, I'm going on Twitter during the game. And there are some plays on the defense that the Chiefs defense looked discombobulated. I've been using that word a lot this episode. Tyron Matthew got out early. Um, you had to bring in Sorensen and Ben Newman more. I don't have an issue with Ben, Daniel Sorensen and Ben Newman. They're not as athletic as they should be. They're kind of at the tail end of their careers. Ben Newman's not really at the tail end of his career, but Daniel Sorensen's been in the league for seven or eight years now. He's safety. He's kind of an average safety. Yes, he makes plays. Yes, he's had big hits, but he's not an all-around, all-pro safety. So he's at the kind of the twilight end of his career. Maybe one more year, but I'd rather just kind of see him go off into the sunset, especially if Chiefs win it all. It'd be nice for Dan Sorensen. Maybe make a play this week. If you win this week, go make a play in the Super Bowl. Chiefs win. Hey, right off in the sunset. We'll see. Um, but can we stop calling for Steve Spagnuolo's firing? And I say that complaining about Bruce Weber, Kansas State uh, men's basketball coach, um, to be fired. Now I did go back on that 
earlier in the episode, but I was calling for that a couple times during the beginning of the college basketball season. But let's stop calling for that. Like, do we need to run down the playoffs so far? Does Mike Tomlin deserve to be fired because his defense allowed 42 points? No. Does Bill Belichick deserve to be fired because his defense allowed 47 points? No. What about Leslie Frazier, who is probably a better defensive coordinator, defensive coordinator for Buffalo, allowed 42 points? Yeah, okay. He had two bad, horrible mistakes that cost him a season running prevent defense. And I rewatched the game um, just now. That's why I took a, a bit of a break in between segments. Because I was rewatching the game on NFL Network. It was just one of those games you wouldn't rewatch. Um, just kind of like there's some TV shows or movies. There's some of those episodes or movies that you just want to rewatch. This is one of those games in sports you just want to rewatch um, over and over. Um, if Chiefs lost, I probably wouldn't want to watch it over and over. But to be honest, that Bills Chiefs game from a few years or Rams Chiefs games from a few years ago, that's something I want to watch over and over. But um, anyways, back to my point. Um, I was that first pass to Tyreek Hill after Bills called the timeout and with the 13 seconds to go. That was prevent defense. The next play with Kelsey after the timeout by Buffalo again, that was more of a Tampa 2 coverage, which is similar to prevent, but not as prevent, but they still left a major hole in that coverage. To, that's why Kelsey kind of ran that little subtle post route or subtle in route, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's what set out the game time field goal. Chiefs win in overtime. But I'm just tired of this narrative of certain coaches need to be fired because of one bad game, especially when both offenses are playing at a historic, a, a historically high level. It's just not necessary. Yes, it's frustrating. And hey, maybe he should be. I don't know. And if his defense played like it did after the first seven weeks, then yes, fire him. And I mean throughout the whole year, not what well, they improved. They made some personnel changes. They brought in Willie Gay and Nick Bolton more. They substitute Juan Thornhill for Dan Sorensen more. Okay, they're getting Armani Watts some plays. Yes, they're still bringing in Sorensen and Ben Newman for run stuffing and pass rush. Yesterday they had to play him a bit more just because of rest. Some of the guys had COVID. That wears you out. And what I mean by that is Willie Gay and Nick Bolton both had COVID at one point. No matter how you feel about that disease, no matter how serious you get it or don't, it's going to kind of take the breath out of you. I still, I'm still trying to catch my breath from the mono or whatever I had. I'm still trying to catch my breath. You can hear it on here. So I'm still trying to catch my breath there. Well, how do you think those guys are feeling at a high level in an NFL playoff game? They're trying to catch their breath too. I'm trying to catch my breath just recording a podcast in my mom's basement. Okay? <laughs> I'm semi-kidding. But just ease up. On Steve Spagnuolo. Like should Todd Bowles be fired after yesterday. And that one bad play to Cooper Cup. Which I think was the worst. Was a worse mistake than the Bills prevent defense. Because that prevent. If they would have just made a tackle. And gotten to Kelsey and Hill just a few seconds before. That game's over with. And the Bills are going to AFC Championship. Okay. So. Stop being so hard on coaches. Stop being so impatient. Spags turned this defense around in 2019. 2020 wasn't great, but they were still effective. At the beginning of the year, it was ugly, and I was getting frustrated. But calling for coaches to be fired, and by the way, 
I don't know what they call it. The couch QBs, the couch quarterbacks, the couch fan. I, there's a term for it. I can't remember what it is. There was a third and one play at the fourth quarter, I think 11 minutes ago, um, when Blake Bill lined up under center. Blake Bell lined up under center, ran out to the right, no power, no extra blockers, pitched it, pitched it to McKinnon. It was a three-yard loss. They took the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Obviously, don't run a quarterback sneak with Mahomes because he's very valuable. Very valuable. And if he sneaks that ball again and he ends up dislocating his kneecap in the biggest game of the year, like he did against Denver two years ago, ended up being out one game or a game and a half, or two game, two and a half games. Yeah, because he was out for the rest of the game against Denver, Green Bay, then Minnesota was back for Tennessee. But you can't just, you can't, You can't call for coaches' jobs from Twitter or the couch, okay? Unless you're a former coach and it was just the worst mistake ever and it's there, they have a history of it, okay. And then maybe you have some sort of credibility to say that. Other than that, you need to shut up. I understand. Sorry. I understand we say things out of anger, but my dad was texting me saying, horrible play call, what is he doing? Just... Oh well, can't do anything about it. Can't control it. You just hope it doesn't bite you in the end. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And that's the thing we love about sports. Sometimes there are things that your team does that bites them in the that makes them regret it in the end. Sometimes they get lucky. And the Chiefs got a little lucky. A little lucky. I think they made more I think they made plays when it counted. I think the Bills not squib kicking it was luck. But they made they made up for it. The Bills running prevent defense and then Tampa two made up for it. It's probably more Tampa four, but you get my point. That's all I have for you guys today. It was a bit of a rant. I'm just tired of the let's call for coaches to be fired when half of us have no clue what we're talking about and haven't even played a down of football in our lives. It's not to be disrespectful to those fans. I just think we need to learn to take a breath. I know we love it. We're invested in it. It pulls us away from the distractions in life. It pulls us away from the landscape we're in, from a pandemic to a political standpoint. Other than that, just enjoy it and move on. Move forward. What about, I'm always going to keep saying that. Move forward. Chiefs won. Us Chiefs fans should be happy. But we got a great game to look forward to in six days. Great game to look forward to. And Skeep Sports and Entertainment, episode 56. I'm out.